Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, right here in West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online at wilhockbeefjerky.com. Connor, Halley, Brandon, Douglas, coming to you live from the Stingray Studios here at West Edmonton Mall, located between Simons and Bubba Gumps, second level, by door 55, right under the movie theater, right above a weed store. Brandon, how you doing? Also the Lego store. Near the Lego store, there's also a sports memorabilia store. That is some unreal stuff. Yeah, tons of cool stuff down there. No uh, free plugs. No free plugs. <laughs> Except for Simons and Bubba Don't even know if I could tell you actually what the name of that place is. But uh, I could. Good morning, Connor. I'm doing well. How are, uh, how are you? The uh, Chargers head coach, I just said as you walked in, I was like, have they hired Jim Harbaugh yet? And you said... Not yet. Not verbally. Verbally, no. Perhaps. <laughs> verbally, perhaps. contractually, either way, probably no. Maybe but there's a handshake agreement in place, and they're keeping things very tightly wrapped. So the quarterback, JJ McCarthy, declares for the NFL draft out of Michigan. I heard their top prospect or recruit, as some might say, is transferring. What does all this mean? You tell me. It likely means that Jim Harbaugh is not going back to Michigan, which I think we already knew. But does it in fact mean that he's going to coach the Chargers? I mean, it seems like the most natural fit. It seems like a good fit. I'm trying to think of the other jobs out there that would be tempting. Carolina, why would you want to go there? <laughs> You're years away, light years even. The Bears, no. Because they're not firing Eberflus. Commanders, that they don't know their quarterback, but they probably will get one. I don't know. Atlanta Falcons, we saw Bill Belichick reportedly a little discussion with the Atlanta Falcons. That could be fun. Or will it just be another boring offense? Well, as long as Josh McDaniels is brought in to run the <laughs> offense, then it could be fun. Um, did you know the light years is a measure of distance, not time? Yeah. Did I say it? Did I use it wrong? You said, well, you said they're light years away, which would... I mean, t- that is grammatically correct. You can be light years away from something, but I don't think the Panthers are a distance away from being competitive. I would say they're a span of time away from being competitive. Time is linear. Time is a construct. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know I said it, to be honest with you. It just kind of <laughs> came out of my mouth. It's, it's, an, it's a natural uh, expression of speech. I just didn't know if you actually were uh, aware. Well, no, yeah, I, I feel like I've heard that on... The Big Bang Theory or something. It was broken down. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk some uh, some sports here. We don't need to talk about the Chargers until it is official. Uh, 1-833-401-1440 is the text line if you want to get in on the conversation. Also, Connor at sports1440.ca, Brandon at sports1440.ca. How about on Twitter or X, Douglas 1440 at Connor Halley, at sports1440, or at Fantasy Frenzy AM. Uh, things to get to on the show today. Of course, uh, the Edmonton Oilers are in action. Going to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Should be a fun one for the daily fantasy sports players in your life. Uh, maybe we'll get some fireworks in this one. We're going to talk to Stephen Ellis. He, of course, covers fantasy sports, prospects, and the Maple Leafs for a daily faceoff. We'll do that in about 15 minutes' time, give or take. So if you've got any questions for Stephen, make sure you get those into the text line, one 401 also, Brandon, we'll start off the show today talking about the NFL because uh, if you were watching it last night, I guess depending on which teams you cheer for, uh, you got a good one. Uh, the NFL this weekend, we had one competitive game. I think the rest 
were blowouts. Last night, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers doing away with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, man, if you're an Eagles fan, text in because I, I think they were loud for a while, Brandon, and then they got a little bit quieter, and I believe it was losers of six of their last seven. There is, there's a lot of questions in Philadelphia. Some of it might be around health, but it looks like Jason Kelsey's going to retire for the Philadelphia Eagles and their head coach going into this offseason. It's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, if Nick Sirianni remains the head coach of the uh, of the Eagles, which I- I'll be honest, I get where the frustration is coming from for this team. Uh, the lack of creativity in the play calling, the defense absolutely had a meltdown. They changed uh, DCs, well, in not in name, but in in essence, uh, with Matt Patricia coming in to call the plays in the last little bit of the season. I don't know if I'd be super hurried to move on from Nick Sirianni. I mean, we have to remember this team did go to the Super Bowl last year and led for most of that game. Um, I when I, when teams want to make coaches, I always ask the question: it, Who out there is better? And yeah, I, there's obviously a lot of very big names out floating around in the coaching uh, stratosphere right now, but there's also a lot of openings. So unless you can guarantee yourself that you get one of these big names, Harbaugh, Belichick, even even Carroll or Vrabel maybe, I, I don't know, because you have to also keep in mind that you're pretty much tied into like your, your roster. So you need a coach that's willing to work with what they have, not build one from the ground up. Um, like maybe you might see in a place like Washington or Carolina per se, where you kind of get hands-on control, picking your new quarterback, whatever. Um, not the case with Carolina, but so I, I wouldn't be super rushed to move on from Sirianni unless you're really confident in getting somebody better. Cause I do think he's a he- good head coach. I think they had a bad year and it's like, you know, obviously some things have to change, but uh, this is still mostly a good team. Losing Kelsey will be a big blow, but I think it's uh, most important is kind of getting everybody back on the same page, heading into the off season staff, and players alike and kind of uh, almost wiping this one off the dasher and, and starting to look ahead to next season already because they still have tons of talent. Like, how can you deny it? The, the, the players are so good. It's just a matter of actually putting it together on the football field. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, you look at the coordinators that they lost last year. Shane Steichen went on to coach the Colts. Jonathan Gannon goes from the uh, Eagles defensive coordinator to the Arizona Cardinals where, I mean, he he actually had them quite competitive in the offseason. I thought that might be a bad hire. And then mm. it started to look a little bit better as the season went on. I think, you know, the Jason Kelsey loss will be tough. But a center, I mean, he, he anchors that interior. That'll be interesting to see what they can do there. On the flip side, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, looking pretty impressive. And for the most part, it was like without even using my guys. Mike Evans, just a scroll here, I get it official. Three receptions for 48 yards. Chris Godwin had the late touchdown. He only had 45 yards before that 23 on uh, one play. Uh, players making some plays. David Moore. I mean, that was like the uh, the touchdown for you. Your tight end, number nine there. Like, where have, these, where have these guys been all year? Yeah. At the biggest moments, maybe it's some sloppy tackling. Who knows? But big time plays. Uh, Kate Otten almost seemed uncoverable. 11 targets. I think you were pretty high on him at one point for I, fantasy. I, and I, I wasn't. So I, I have been. I, I And once again, it's biased because I drafted him as a rookie uh, in my dynasty league. I ended up trading him this past season to uh, shore up elsewhere. But yeah, he's he's a guy like and it's uh he kind of does fly under the radar because of those bigger names that you mentioned. But when uh, when he's been called upon uh, even back when Tom, in his rookie season with Tom Brady, he was a pretty reliable guy. So he had a couple drops last night, but like you said, tons of targets, uh, racked up some catches and some yards in the process. So uh, good for him. And then 
after that, it was, it was, I mean, like Baker spread the ball around a ton. Rashad White did what he does well. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's so funny because we talked about the Buccaneers run game all season, how bad it was. And Rashad White was a good fantasy option strictly because he had like eight passes or eight catches a game out of the backfield. But they actually just straight up ran the ball with success last night. Um, once again, the Eagles defense was, I tweeted it. The best way I could describe it was tragic. Like it looked <laughs> like the, it looked like nobody wanted to be there. Didn't want to cover anybody. Didn't want to tackle anybody. Didn't want to stop anything. So the, the Eagles got what they deserved based on how they played, but uh, I'm not totally sold on them, you know, being a, a dumpster fire or anything there. They still got a lot of upside, but shout out the Bucks, shout out Baker, a big win for them. Yeah, I was happy to see it. Uh, I do like Baker Mayfield. Uh, earlier on in the day, kind of afternoon, I suppose, the Buffalo Bills, as expected, kind of ran away with this over the Steelers. I think the spread was nine and a half points, nine points, depending on where you went. And uh, the Buffalo Bills did exactly what they had to do. Josh Allen, uh, that run that he had was pretty, pretty impressive. When Is they that, said it, that's the longest run of his career. It's 52, 52 yards. yards. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's believable, I guess. I, like it took me. It t- I was taken aback when I heard it, but then you think about it. I guess he does usually. I mean, like as most quarterbacks do, they will scramble, run, get the first down, maybe tack on extra ten or fifteen, and then usually go out of bounds or slide. It, it, Josh Allen's taken more hits than probably any quarterback when it comes to running the ball, but he's gotten smarter over the years. So you, when you think about it, it makes sense. But at first, uh, first impression, it's like. What you're telling me? Josh Allen hasn't ripped off a 50 yarder before, <laughs> and I, I guess he hasn't. He was he was very good, but running the ball both in design runs, scrambling, and James Cook ran the ball great too, which is one much like the Buccaneers, something that we have not been able to say much about the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, in seasons past, running the ball effectively. Yeah, and I mean, kind of spreading the ball around as well. Uh, I had one of my predictions when I hopped on a podcast on Friday night with Gavin Turnick of Oilers Nation. I was like, Latavius Murray, he's going to steal a touchdown. It never happened. He got a couple of receptions, but yeah, it was uh, a good game for the Buffalo Bills playing at home for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, a, a situation where I think they had to go into that game and try to keep it close early, establish the run. But after the first quarter, it's 14 nothing, And, you know, you're counting on Mason Rudolph at that point to make some throws. That's probably not going to be a game plan for winning. And it was like as soon as they got into the red zone, they had to deal with the, the Bills fans throwing snowballs. So it was a tough one. Uh, congratulations to the Bills. That sets up what I think, and I th- I'd say we all think, is probably going to be a pretty fun Chiefs-Bills game. Taylor Swift probably will be in attendance, which will be interesting. Got to find the nicest hotel in Buffalo. Oh, that's tons Where does she stay in New York and, like, take the helicopter? <laughs> PJ. Yeah. PJ from Manhattan, too. We know uh, she likes to fly. That's true. She'll stay in Buffalo. <laughs> or, well, even if she just, like, from wherever, like, even if she just flies in from KC that morning. Yeah, that's true. That is true. They are going to meet at 2.30 our time, 4.30 out in uh, eastern New York. Is that what we call western it? Western New York. Western New York. On, the, the lakes are to the east, or turn me to the west, and it's on the lake shore. There you go. That's the easiest way, yeah. Western New York. Western New York. So that's going to set up a fun divisional round. Houston, Baltimore, Green Bay, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Detroit, and Buffalo, Kansas City. Some and, sorry, unusual Connor, names. 4.30 Mountain Time. Oh, that's Mountain Time. Okay, perfect. 4.30 Mountain Time. So 6.30 Eastern ET. time. Yeah. Wow. Which I, I said this with Kevin this morning. I love the, the layout of the games here because I have another beer league game next Sunday night. Uh, discussed it yesterday. How I was watching the Lions-Rams game from my phone. Like, you know, like the, the water bottle gap in yeah. the inside of your boards and your bench. We had my phone propped up in there. Me and my D partner. Shout out Lundy. Uh, <laughs> keeping tabs on the game each time we were 
taking a break. We're I will say I think that our average shift length was as short as it's ever been. We were out on the ice, so like let's just get off the ice, get back in there, and <laughs> see what's happening with the with Stafford and the Rams if they're pulling off the comeback. But didn't work out. Matt says couldn't be happier with last night's game. Let him bake. Yes, Baker Mayfield getting the job done certainly will be a an interesting test going into Detroit. Who you know what? Good team, but I think they are beatable. We have another one coming in here from St. Albert. Kevin, what do you guys think about the Packers' chances against the 49ers? The NFC seems wide open. I mean, I don't I don't know if I would agree that I think it's it's wide open. I think that the San Francisco 49ers would be the class here, and then there's a drop-off. I think they have the ability to put up points and defend, which not all the other teams can do. Like the Detroit Lions can give up a whole bunch of points. Um, but I, I wouldn't say the Packers have no chance. Jordan Love looked extremely good in the wild card round. And, you know, I, I've kind of said it a few times here. I think the the Packers' options to throw the ball around are great. Like, there's not really a drop-off one through four. They've got two tight ends. They've got a couple of running backs that can move the ball. It's really on Jordan Love to just distribute, be that point guard, make things happen. And uh, the last, well, couple months since the Chargers game, I think he's looked really, really good. So I'd give them a chance, but uh, the 49ers team's going to be rested, going to be ready to get after the quarterback, and maybe exercise some of the demons of years past because I think they felt they had a team that could have won the Super Bowl last year. Obviously, Brock Pretty got hurt. Got to keep him upright. But, yeah, it's gonna, that'll be an interesting one. What do you think about the Green Bay Packers' chances, Brandon? Uh, I After watching them the, the back half of the season, I, I will give them a chance. I really don't think they can win, but I also didn't think they could beat the Cowboys, so what do I know? I, I, you covered it really well, Connor. The Niners are such a solid team, top to bottom. They don't have a glaring weakness. I would say the biggest weakness is probably back in their secondary. Like Their their front is very good, um, led by Nick Bosa, uh, the linebacker position led by Fred Warner. And even like the secondary, you have the big name of Shavarius Ward, but after that, there might be a little bit of a drop-off. And with Green Bay's ability to spread the ball around, of course, you know, somebody's probably going to be open each time can you rely on that individual in that each uh, each play to you know make a play get the catch pull it down in traffic whatever so i'm not going to say the packers have no sniff but uh, they'd be they're in very tough against this niners team but who knows maybe the niners are rusty rest or rust yeah right the, that's the debate i think uh, i think in football that debate doesn't hold quite as much merit um because you know at this time of the season everybody's banged up injuries even minor tweaks and stuff that extra week off can do wonders for getting uh, your roster back to full health like you don't think the phillies or the phillies the uh, the eagles would have liked the the buy <laughs> yeah. here to, it's massive to get aj brown back in the fold like look how much they missed him last night so uh, the bye week is huge it, it's kind of nice the way the playoffs are formatted now that it's that one seed or nothing and you got to pretty much play all the way down to the final week of the season to try and secure it so um yeah i'm not writing off the packers based on what they've shown us uh, particularly on sunday but the niners i mean they're my pick at the, like to then they were probably at about the midway point of the season um to win the super bowl they look like a absolute wagon yeah we saw the ravens kind of have their way with them that you know at the time probably sucked but the way it all worked out getting the first round by maybe that was a good thing things they you know the kick in the butt they needed some things yeah. they needed they could work on for the green bay packers i talked about that chargers game so they won by three then a really impressive stretch they beat the lions in detroit by seven hosted the chiefs one by eight but then you know the question marks they lose to the new york giants in new york they lose to the bucks by 14 then in Carolina, they beat the Panthers, but by three points. Panthers are not a good football team. So there's just the questions of which team's going to show up. They would 
finished the season with three straight wins, also went into Minnesota, handled the Vikings with ease, beat the Bears 17-9. So, yeah, I guess it's it's inconsistencies. That's that's the toughest part about football, putting it together on a week-in, week-out basis. If the Packers play their game, I think they got a, they got an opportunity to keep this one close, but the Niners are a very good football team. It's going to be a fun matchup, though. Great uniform matchup, Niners and Packers on the weekend. I will take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little fantasy hockey with Stephen Ellis of Daily Faceoff. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. Frenzy brought to you by the fine folks at Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. If you'd like to send in our couple questions for our next guest here our fantasy wizard brought to you by the canadian brew house you can head down to the cbh tonight for the oilers and leafs game simply by going you'll have a chance to win tickets to an upcoming oilers game and while you're on your way down there download the rewards app for the canadian brew house you can get it at the apple app store as well as google play to start earning points and rewards at the cbh plus you get a free order of garlic fingers just for signing up very uh very simple you want to head down to the CBH there, have a nice bite to eat, we recommend you do so. Locations all around the Capital Region. We bring in Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff as well as the Leafs Nation. You can give him a follow on Twitter or X at S. Ellis Hockey. Stephen, good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We are doing good. appreciate you coming on this show today. Uh, my first question for you here, and we're going to get into some Oilers and Leafs talk later on here, but Kyle Connor, he has been activated from the injured reserved. Mark Scheifele goes on the IR retroactive to January 12th. Uh, talking daily fantasy here, when a player comes back from the injured reserve like Kyle Connor, uh, any hesitation for you to, to line him up in the, the daily fantasy leagues? Well, what sucks is the guy I'm facing this week in my league has Cal Connor, and (laughs) I don't like this timing at all. Um, I think just kind of the way he was playing, he was putting up a point per game and scoring a lot, getting a ton of shots on net. Uh, You know, we've seen in the past where guys will come back from injury and they'll perform really well. He got all this, you know, renewed energy. Like, how long has Cal Connor been ready? Has he been ready to go three, four games and then just wanted to make sure, you know, give him a bit of extra time before going? If I'm looking at this, it's a guy who, is more rested than anybody else uh, on the Jets. I'd be looking to put him in. Yeah, I think so. So if you've got him in the in your leagues, obviously a great addition for him. Unfortunate for you, Stephen, with uh, the opponent having him. That's a little bit of a tough one. Now, looking at tonight's matchup, Oilers and Leafs. Uh, the Leafs struggling a little bit here. Losers of three straight as they roll into town. Uh, what's gone wrong for the team in the last three games? Oh, uh, where, where can we start here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's like I think with this team, it's every year you look at it and say. Is this Toronto's year? Is this the year they're going to be able to figure this all out? And goaltending, you never can trust. And their defense, it's hit or miss. I think with them, it's just being able to play a full 60 minutes of hockey. And with the, they haven't been able to do that yet. You look at the first two periods, they'll score often, they'll get these two, three goal leads, and then they'll fall apart. And I don't know whether it's just like they're, they're just they're losing focus, they're, they're not doing the right line changes they need to do later in the game, or if the goaltending is truly that difficult uh, of a position for them. But I think it's just. We're, we're used to this. They get these mid-season lulls. I think just the issue is when you're a Leafs fan, there's been too many of those already this season uh, all throughout. So I think the key thing here is just they got to get better goaltending. they got to get goalies that are – like we've Samson off played a good game against Detroit, but it fell apart against the Red Wings team that like just lost – Patrick Kane midway through the game. They lost one of their best players. But I think with tonight, I believe it's Martin Jones starting. He's been pretty good this year already for the Leafs. And they just got to 
they got to play 60 minutes. It's as simple as that because when they're when they're thriving, when they're scoring, they're looking really good. They're dangerous, but it's just that third period continues to, to bite them. Now, from your perspective, outside of our market, of course, so what have you thought about the Edmonton Oilers play as of late? Obviously, a slow start. They make the coaching change. Are they going on an eight-game winning streak, lose three, now currently on a 10-game winning streak? What have you thought of their play the last couple of months? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to beat the, the best streak in the NHL, of course. But uh, I think this is more what we expected from the Oilers. What, what started at the beginning of the year, they needed a change. And whether, you know, obviously the goaltending was awful. Uh, they're finally starting to get much better goaltending in that regard there. But this was a team that was too talented to be at the, the spot where they're losing to San Jose at the beginning of the year. So um, it, it's good to see kind of everything uh Looking good here. Obviously, Stuart Skinner starting to improve. Connor McDavid is playing like the superstar we know he can. Having a Doc Hyman be as good as he has this year, the pace he's been playing at, a near 50-goal pace, again, obviously so important. Um, they're getting offense from everywhere. Warren Fogel still scoring. And Evan Bouchard, again, putting up over a point per game. Uh, it's it's fun to see that. He grew up not too far away from me in Oakville, so it's good to see him kind of performing the way uh, that he always showed he could be an offensive defenseman I mean, who could be a leader if you give him that opportunity, and he's playing like that this year. So the fact they're getting offense from everywhere and the Stars are still playing like Stars, this is what we all expected would happen. Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff as well as the Leafs Nation joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Uh, Stephen, still focusing on tonight's game uh, I'm going to be heading down to Rogers Place to take it in, and I'm not a Oilers fan per se. Of course, very uh, entrenched in the market here in Edmonton, but if I was maybe looking for a little uh, action on tonight's game, um, some player props or some from either side, is there anything that uh, has caught your eye heading into tonight's tilt? Oh, you know, uh, Evan Bouchard's getting a lot of shots on recently. He had six shots uh, last game, uh, two the night before, so we're we're pretty much expecting at least two shots from him every single night. So if you're looking at that, uh, a guy that's thriving like he is and that the goal against Montreal a couple of nights ago, uh, I'd be looking for him to, to do something here tonight. And we all know that, and or at least we tell ourselves that the when it's best on best, we have Austin Matthews going up against Connor McDavid tonight. Do you think that that's a motivating factor for the players as well? So if uh, if you're looking to sprinkle maybe some overs on Matthews, you know, anytime goal scorer McDavid, it's hard to find lines anything less than he, two points on the night for even money for him. Um, do you think the players get up for it just as much as we think they do? For sure, uh, guys like Matthews and guys like Nylander score against good teams, and that's. Not like when it comes to the Leafs, they play so much better against teams that are are strong, that are near the top of the standings, and then you go and see them lose to Chicago multiple times or lose to Arizona or things like that. Just I don't know why that happens, but this is a game that means a lot. There's a lot of spotlight. Obviously, not a great time slot for for uh, Eastern fans here, but uh, I guess you know Western hockey fans are used to watching hockey. You know, earlier in the afternoon, basically. Um, but with this, it's like Matthews. He, he shines when the spotlight's there and the pressure's on. That's the guy that will always rise to the equation. So I'm looking at him scoring. We know McDavid could. He likes to score against the Leafs. I've seen that multiple times in person. Uh, I'd be looking at both of them doing it today. I know that sounds basic because, you know, they're two of the best goal scorers in the league, but this is a game that means a lot for both teams. Yeah, so sometimes the simple answer is the correct one as well, right? Uh, Stephen Ellis joining us here on Sports 1440 Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas. Uh, Stephen, looking around the rest of the league tonight, uh, one of the games that has my eye is the LA Kings and the Stars. Of course, the Kings, a team the Oilers are chasing down, but they've uh, been far from as hot as their Pacific Division counterpart, just 2-4-4 four, four in their last 10. Um, 
How much does the injury, and this is going back a bit, to Phoenix Copley really impact this team as having a second reliable goaltender uh, to kind of spell off Cam Talbot, who is, you know, no spring chicken chicken at this point. And, uh, like, is, is Talbot's fantasy value boosted by playing more games or maybe even decreased a bit because he might get uh, a little more ragged? I think, you know, the, the the one thing, I guess, that Talbot has is obviously you look at the stats and he was looking like a – a Vezina Trophy candidate for a lot of this year, and I'd still argue he's there. We should be expecting to get him a lot of ice time because, you know, Copley, he had a good season last year. Six weren't what the results were. He was winning all those games. But this year, you know, 4-1-2, and two, but his stats were terrible, and they were they were starting to not play him in a lot of cases when they would have last year just because, yeah, those wins were happening, but kind of like Elias Sampson off in Toronto – those were some ugly games. And I think the good news is at least David Riddick has played well. Uh, and I think they can maybe keep looking to that. With with Riddick, it's been, you know, up and down. But he hasn't lost yet this year. He's he's 3-0-1, the one uh, overtime loss, of course. But his stats are good. His advanced analytics are good. Like, he's looking like someone they can actually throw in and trust. And it's been a long time. David Riddick. And I still agree in those later years. It's been a while. He's been like a competent NHL goaltender, but he's looking at that right now. And it almost feels like the Kings have to put defense in front of him, and it's working out for them. Um, but, you know, if Cam Talbot, he's the guy that he's going to get a lot of the starts. I, I'm, I'm worried about that. He's dealt with a lot of injuries, but he's playing well, so you got to ride the hot hand. Moving over to the uh, second hottest team in the division behind the Oilers, uh, the Seattle Kraken just had their winning streak snapped uh, yesterday. Joey Decord's been a bit of a revelation for them uh, with the injury to Philip Grubauer. D- Chris Dreger is expected to go tonight for the Kraken, but like, do you look at Joey Decord as like a hold and, and keep riding that hot hand as well, or do you think this might be a good uh, sell-high time option uh, in your year-long fantasy leagues? Well, right now, like the way he's playing, like you, you got to sell high. I think a lot of people are looking at this and saying, like, there's an off chance this guy's getting Vesna Trophy <laughs> votes the way he's playing, which is crazy to think, but uh, he's he's playing well. Yeah, you, you got to run him as long as you can, and it just also shows how stupid goaltending is in the NHL, where you get guys who be a starter all of a sudden becoming West Golden League, but that's what makes the position fun, right? So uh, I think the, the good thing here with with Jr. He hasn't played a lot this year, but he's looked good in uh, he looked good in his one game he won. But with Decord, you got to give him as many starts as possible, and if you have him in your fantasy league, sell him because I don't trust this. I don't trust goaltending at all. If you could sell high in goaltenders any time of the year, anybody, just do it. Yeah, gold, goaltending's voodoo. We all know that. Uh, Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff joining us here. Brandon Douglas, Connor Halley. Uh, last one for me for you, Stephen. I was talking to you earlier this week, and you said you were heading down to uh, Michigan for a, a showcase type thing. Of course, we all know your expertise and how much hockey you watch on the prospect and up and coming players type of thing. Anything uh, caught your eye down in Michigan that uh, maybe hockey fans should tuck in the back of their brain for uh, a little further down the line here? Yeah, so that was the USA Top Prospects game. It had the U.S. National Development Team versus the best USHL players. And Cole Eisenman is a guy that gets a lot of criticism, I think, for being a one-dimensional player. But that one dimension he has is he scores a lot of goals. He's going to probably get 60, 70 goals this year. That's something that only Kilt Caulfield has ever done uh, at that level. So that's impressive. But one guy that scouts are really loving as uh, maybe a late first-round player is John Mustard. So he's got one of the best names in hockey. He relished in the opportunity yesterday to, <laughs> to, to get the game-winning goal. Had to make the one story, guys. Um, but uh, he he went out there, and it, the NHL Central Scouting had him as a sixth to seventh-round player at their initial rankings. Talking to some scouts last night, they are like, this guy is – 
one of the best goal scorers, one of the best offensive drivers you're finding right now in the USHL. He's one of those guys that I think is going to be a, a deep sleeper one day, and, and team fans are going to be watching, and it'll be easy to remember his name, John Mustard. No, I'm glad you got into that, and I'm glad Brandon met, mentioned your uh, kind of the prospect guru here. So I want to ask you, because I don't know if you know, he is a big Anaheim Ducks fan, and he might have been an even bigger Jamie Drowsdale fan. So I, I have to ask you, can you give him some reasons for optimism with Cutter Gauthier and what he could become? So I love Jamie Drysdale. That's a guy I've watched closely for a very long time now. Uh, he played near where I, I watch a lot of my games. But Sutter um, Goche is one of the best prospects in, in the world. The Anaheim Ducks have one of the best defensive blue line prospect pools in the world. Now you've got this guy who's going to be putting up a ton of points and it could be your number one center, could be your number one left winger. He could do it all. So Cutter Goche, I can't believe the Anaheim Ducks picked him up. What a move. <laughs> when, when do you think he's a full-time NHLer? Could it be as early as next year or end of this year? Uh, he'll be playing games at the end of this year for sure. He he should have moved up. Like he sorry, he could have moved up uh, and played in the NHL for this season. The Flyers didn't want to make that work out. A lot of reasons for that why. But we saw at the World Championship last year. We saw the World Juniors this year. He's ready. He's going to be an NHLer. He's going to be a top-line player next year. The Ducks are going to win a Stanley Cup in the next 10 years. There we go. The smile is there from Brandon Douglas. Stephen, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate it, and we'll get you on again later on in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. There you go. Stephen Ellis, Daily Faceoff, also the Leafs Network. Stanley Cup champ, 10 years. Lucky you. 10 years is a long time. It's already been so many bad ones. You know what, though? You have something that separates you from, I would say, the majority of our listeners. You saw your team win a Stanley Cup. That is so true, and it was pretty glorious. I was, and like I, w- I was in grade six. So how old would have I been? Thirteen years old, maybe. No, 12, 12 years old. It was either, 07? Either, yeah. Either way, right in that mix of like the peak of your kind of like youthful sports fandom, where you know I read every hockey news magazine cover to cover every week, all the stats, could name every player on the roster, every player on the minor league uh, depth chart. So it was kind of like the perfect time for your team to win a championship. I loved it, loved every second of it, especially after losing to the Oilers the year prior. Thank you, Chris Pronger, uh, for both sides of that equation. Um, I Yeah, I don't think there's many, well, definitely no Oilers fans, uh, at least anyone my age, um, haven't seen a championship, 06 being the closest. So I'll, uh, I'll take that for what it's worth and hope that it is on the, you know, under of that 10-year window that uh, Stephen just panned out there for the Ducks to bring home another Stanley Cup. I guess technically I have been alive for three Stanley Cups, but I can't claim to remember any of them. So, mm. but still, you know, three cups in my lifetime. Better than put, most. Put it on your gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe we'll get there one day. Yeah, I, I feel like if you are around my age and younger, and I'm 36, you don't really remember the Stanley Cup. So you don't don't complain about, oh, one in 10 years. It's a long time. Oilers fans don't want to hear it. No, they don't. Leafs fans don't want to hear it. There's a lot of Leafs fans out here in the mall today. I, so. I'm excited for our mall walk to uh, go check it out. And... Um see what's the popular jersey of choice. I have to think Austin Matthews, very prominent. Probably quite a few older ones because that's the large chunk of Leafs fans um, in our city or, you know, the previous generation maybe predating the Oilers' existence. Um, We talked about it uh, with even a guy like Grant Fuhr who, of course, grew up uh, right in the immediate vicinity of the city. He grew up a Leafs fan, right? So you pass that down to your kids and then into their kids. Like, there's there's a lot of Leafs Leafs blue that runs through the blood of... uh, 
Albertans and especially here in the Capital Region. So should be a pretty good mix of fans at the game tonight. Oh, absolutely. The Leafs fans, they buy their tickets and uh, they, they certainly will be heard down at Rogers Place tonight. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll go back in the inbox, talk a little bit more of some football uh, whatever else you guys want to talk about, one 1440 Steve Ellis brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. It's Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 1141, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, we've got intern Donovan on the board for the first time right now. What a smooth fade that was. Didn't even seem like an intern. Brandon has taught him very well. Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by... The fine folks at Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Will the Dallas Cowboys and Trent be looking for a new head coach? Will he join the likes of me and the LA Chargers looking for a head coach? Could it be Bill Belichick? That would be something. This show is always brought to you by Wilhawk or Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. The text line 1833-401-1440. You can also get us on email connor at sports 1440 brandon at sports 1440.ca coming up today on the station obviously going to be a lot of uh, oilers and leafs talk should be a fun one tonight down at the ice district uh the what i flow tide today they'll be joined by lance hornby covers the maple leafs for post media also daniel nugent bowman will be by at 120 they'll do headlines nhl rumors and of course Plenty of Oilers talk. I'll be followed up by the Jason Greger show coming up at two. We will have the uh, general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Brad Treliving, joining us at 2.20. We will hear from members of the Oilers, Darnell Nurse and Otis Ekholm. I believe one-on-ones with Jason Greger. We'll have former Oiler and NHLer, Sean Brown in at 3 o'clock. Dave McCarthy from Sirius XM, Jason Strudwick, Mark Spector, and Derek Van Deest. From NHL.com. So a jam-packed show. Of course, you can always watch that show on Oilers Nation YouTube channel as well as Facebook page, streaming. It's everywhere. Uh, We got some texts coming in, but I also just want to remind you that we do have the Robin Brownlee GoFundMe page up and launched. So if you want to donate to uh, Robin Brownlee and try to raise some money for his family going forward, you can head over to sports1440.ca and check it out there. Any donation you can make. 10, 20 bucks, uh, it all adds up. So hopefully uh, we can get that going. That's at sports1440.ca. Brandon, we might need you to hop on the mic here. Fear was a Leafs fan, but he seems so normal. That comes in from Ear Candy. Yeah, yeah, Grant admitted to it. Obviously, a lot of Leafs and Oilers talk on the Kevin Carey show today, of which every Tuesday, Grant Fear, Hockey Hall of Famer, ever heard of him, uh, is our co-host from 9 to 11. And yeah, we talked a lot about the fact that just like you and I did before the break there, Connor, how there's tons of Leafs fans in the city. They all seem to come out in droves when the uh, uh, Toronto squad is actually in town. Uh, and Grant said, yeah, growing up, he was a Leafs fan. And he's uh, he's not ashamed to admit it or anything, but obviously his uh, affinity changed once the oil rolled in and him you know, being a big part of that pretty well in the team's infancy uh, in the NHL and uh, all the success that they had as a club. So uh, the Oilers obviously still number one in Grant's heart. But uh, as a young man with, you know, what other options were there apart from cheering for the local uh, local amateur clubs, uh, junior A teams, um, probably some of the, the collegiate teams here around the, uh, the city. The Leafs were Grant's club. He's, uh, he's not ashamed to admit it. Do you ever think about what team you would have cheered for if you were a fan of the NHL in the original six era? Do I ever think about it? No. 
does as I think about it right now. <laughs> I'm trying to think back. Just like, ponder that it, sometimes. It would, yeah, just as I'm driving down the highway, it's like, whoa, where'd the last five miles go? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying like I'm trying to think because what drew me to be a Ducks fan in the first place was like I it was right as I was getting into hockey and it kind of attached myself to one player. And at the time that was uh, J.S. Shiger during the 03 Cup run. So if I like think back, it would have probably depended on a similar circumstance. That specific year, who was good, what like person uh, drew me to them. Looking back now, I can easily say like, you know, a Bobby Orr type player um, or even like Rocket Richard. Like if we're jumping across generations, Richard, uh, Jacques Plant with the goalie mask thing, that would have been really cool and probably grabbed my eye. So I, I don't know if I can definitively say there would have been one team because I like I'm a Ducks fan first and foremost, but even that's kind of, I don't know faded a little bit over the years as I've gotten older. I'm not as a diehard as I used to be. I keep tabs on almost every team across the league, and year to year, somehow I keep closer tabs on than others. Let's just say Habs. <laughs> Long answer. Short answer, Habs. Yeah, I probably would have gotten Leafs because, I mean, I am a Raptors and a Jays fan, so hard to say. I do have a Leafs jersey. But they weren't around then either. Like, you're a Raptors and a, Leafs, a Jays fan because they're the only options. For a Canadian, you well, had, I, I you could had have been an Expos an, fan, and I could have been a Grizzlies fan, but you're not. But I'm not. I, I don't see your point. Oh, okay, I see where you. I I see your point. <laughs> I like the six. That's what I'm saying. In 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 my. Why do you think we played Drake coming back? For me, there was no like. Once again, they were still around when I was younger, yeah. but pre you know, quote unquote, choosing a team in terms of the Grizzlies and the Expos. So that was never an option for me. For me as a Canadian, it was Jays. Raps. Yeah. That Different eras. Yeah. I hated the Expos, and I have an Expos jersey. My, I asked for it, and I, I feel like my mom went to the mall. They were all loaded Jays jerseys, so she got me an Expos jersey. Had to try to hide the disappointment. But now it's pretty cool to have one. And the Grizz, yeah, I was never a Grizz fan. They didn't have much. The Grizz. They didn't have Mighty Mouse. They should... Uh a very strong take of Kevin Karius is that uh, Vancouver should not even be on the long list of NBA expansion options um, because or, or MLB because he thinks Vancouver is a terrible sports town. I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone in Vancouver, but I don't think he's wrong. <laughs> I mean, they built the BC Lions up pretty good, though. Yeah. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to uh, Rick Lalasher. When the Canucks are playing well, they put people in the seats, but yeah. I mean, hey, you you lost you lost your chance. The Association City Edmonton Alberta chances? never would have lost their NBA team. Yeah. Lost a few basketball teams, but never would have lost the NBA. Grizzlies had nobody. What about Big Country Reeves from Husks? Yeah, Big Country was cool. They had Sharif. They had some names, but I was a more of a Raptors guy. I think it was like Mighty Mouse was my guy. Tyler Millwoods texting in. Hey guys, just checking in for no particular reason. Hope you're having a great day and no need to talk about anything I may have predicted yesterday in the NFL. We look forwards, not backwards. Tyler Mill Woods, a.k.a. Mr. Brightside. As I scroll up, 11.55 yesterday, Eagles minus 3, Steelers plus 10. And a boy, Tyler. And also says, this is easy to say because it will never happen, but I, and I love my Rams, but I would drop them in a heartbeat if Edmonton got an NFL team. See, I think I'd still be a Chargers fan. I, I don't. I would probably go watch the NFL team, maybe adopt them. When I had season tickets with the Eskimos at the time, there was a guy who supported the the green and gold every game except for when Winnipeg came to town. I feel like that would be me. I would support the new team, whatever they were called, and then when the Chargers came to town, I'm wearing that 
Powder blue, baby. Ontario Moms texting in to one 1440 The Oilers have way more dog in them than the Leafs. They just don't have it. Oh, and they are better. Look at Oilers' top five man unit versus Leafs. Hyman going to feast on those soft D tonight. I think Oilers fans hope so. Montana DeRice says, I'm betting Texans money line this weekend, Brandon. I mean, he probably would have loved to hear that, but he literally just walked out of the studio. Donovan, you want him to pop that mic on if you want. Uh, what do you think about the Houston Texans money line this weekend? Uh, Texans, I mean, they looked okay. Uh, they did look okay. Uh, you know, Texans money line, uh, I, I don't know if I'd if I'd pop the, the Texans money line, but uh, I mean, hey, you know what? If you're feeling your Texans like uh, our Brandon Douglas is over here, uh, I, I would definitely bet on the Texans if they're your team. But It's risky. I mean, say, CJ Stroud is fantastic this year. I will say, I mean, and, and we, we thought the Browns defensively might be a good matchup, but... Brandon, I think, brought it up defensively. The Browns weren't that good on the road, and they went in, and Nico Collins was feasting. I mean, there was another play he probably easily could have had, just a little hesitation, a big-time touchdown. That was there. Baltimore Ravens, going to be tougher. You're not playing at home, the friendly confines of NRG Stadium. You're on the road at M&T Bank. It's going to be a little colder. You got the Ravens' defense, which is always feisty. Baltimore has Lamar Jackson, potential MVP candidate. I mean, I, I don't hate going with the Texans, but I think it's going to be a tough one. I, I love Montana Rice's confidence. I do. Uh, I, I, I'm approaching this game the same way I did last week and with cautious optimism. Uh, I will still bet on the Texans. They're, they're my team. They've come this far. I've made a killing on them this season uh, with the, you know, they continue to be underdogs almost every game despite the continued success. They're nine and a half point dogs. I think I like them to cover that pretty handily. Well, not I don't know handily, but I'll I'll be pretty heavy on that responsibly, and then be uh, maybe a little sprinkle on the money line because obviously with a nine and a half point spread, the the money line odds will be very very favorable. But I, I think I'll what I like about the playoffs and all these standalone games. I did it this past weekend. I'll be doing it again in the divisional round and so on and so forth. Is that you get a little more individual action because you can watch each game in its entirety. So with some props. Some same-game parlays. They don't all got to be big and extravagant like some of the crazy ones I, I drum up for, for nothing more than fun's sake. But I, I gave this out last week, and guess what? It hit. I said uh, CJ Stroud's over on his passing yards, Nico Collins over and a touchdown, and I happened to mix in Texans' money line in on that as well. So that was a pretty favorable bet. I guess it depends what the number was set on for Stroud's passing yards. Well, that's, you, yeah, <laughs> we, you and I I saw one where books because... 274.5. In, in my book... See, Stroud's passing yards were like just under 250 and so like the line for the game and I'd actually set a day like I picked a milestone of 250 so the actual odds or actual line was 246 I think but there was another one I had him at 300 that obviously missed for the same reason yours did he didn't play in the fourth quarter but if Nico Collins catches that one ball that one yeah I think it was it, yeah. it was live it yeah. was live for sure so, uh, so tell you what, uh, Montana to Rice and all the other people who are maybe rallying to the side of the Texans as kind of the uh, the underdog, the well, the lowest seed left in the AFC uh, to try and upset the big bad Ravens. Maybe I'll uh, I'll take a look at some lines and see what I can cook up for a, a small, reasonable little parlay on some player props heading into Saturday's game. 
Montana Rice follows up that he had a nice little payday from that. So, hey, keep it going. It's keep it going, right? There's nothing better than winning some bets than just reinvesting that money back in and usually losing it. But that's what betting responsibly is all about because as soon as you get a win, that's found money. So yeah. losing it again is no shirt. Like it's nothing, no water off your back. Sometimes. I still came out ahead <laughs> on the weekend, but the last, uh, last night's game and Sunday night's game, uh, they put a bit of a dent in my profits. The rig says back in the day, I too was a Leafs fan, but growing up in Wainwright in the seventies, we had three channels. I couldn't stand Montreal because they never seemed to lose. Yeah. They just, uh, you, you don't always necessarily like those teams that always win. I started to take a look back at the uh, NBA draft in 1995 and the Raptors inaugural roster, because we talked about how like the Grizz kind of had no one. The Raptors kind of had no one. Um, John Sally. I mean, he's, great player great media guy but he was taken in the the draft this is the expansion draft we're referring to now but uh, damien stoudemire mighty mouse he was my guy now he's head coach at the uh, university of well not the university of but georgia tech the yellow jackets georgia tech university yeah is it probably <laughs> georgia technical institute of university university <laughs> calvin johnson's alum Former uh, uh, alma mater. Alma mater. 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 I th- I think <laughs> mater is the correct pr- pr- correct pronunciation, uh, but I I'm cool with alma mater. Well, we stumbled our way through that. We got there. Mighty Mouse wasn't in Toronto very long. I don't think he was even. Who was the worst Raptors draft pick of like that 2000s era? Like, and I'm talking like top pick because they were so bad. Andrea Bargnani? That one comes to mind (laughs) for sure. Wasn't there another Spaniard? Well, Calderon was a high pick, but he was a pretty decent player, wasn't he? Like in terms of, I know he was a decent player. Yeah, he was okay, but I don't think the Raptors drafted him. Oh? I think I'd probably just associate everybody with Bargnani because... They did draft a Spaniard, Albert Morales, but he was immediately traded to Miami. Charlie Villanueva, big fan of him. Joey Graham, I liked him. Kareem Rush, I had high hopes for Kareem Rush. Mo Pete, Mo Pete was sick. Antoine Jameson, but he was traded for Vince Carter. Yeah, I don't think there was any other Spanish guys. Jonas Valanciunas was Lithuania. Bruno Caboclo, oh my goodness. I heard the hype train on that guy. thought he was really going to be something. Now we just have to all, all our hopes on Grady Dick, the Raptors' only first-round pick, or only draft pick, really, last year. Oh, that's going to do it for us here on the show today. Jordan says Austin Matthews is going to light Skinner up for Jordan the Leafs fan. No, Austin Matthews is pretty dang good. And then Montana DeRice, they beat the Bulls in 96, which was crazy in the 72-10 and 10 season. Yeah, that is actually pretty awesome. All right. Let's wrap it up. Low Tide's up next. Uh, Pass along your condolences for his Philadelphia Eagles. Tough, tough one for them. Last night for Brandon Douglas and intern Donovan, I'm Connor Halley. Big thank you guys for tuning in. Check the podcast, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Low Tide's up next. Let's get to a sports update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.